0: The First Class Idiot Podcast starts now.
1: Hello and welcome to well, I'll Drop This as a bonus episode for the First Class Idiots. And then I'll send it over to you too so you can post it on your podcast. Which, What is the name of your new podcast? Oh,
2: awesome. Out of Your Mind Mom.
1: Out of Your Mind Mom, which I listened yeah. to it the other day. And I really liked it because uh, one of the topics that you were going in about was when your son he called you stupid or he said you're so stupid which was wild because if I said that to my mom you know (laughs) that would have I would have been in a lot of trouble
3: yeah
2: exactly um yeah thanks for having me
1: no this is awesome (laughs) thanks for coming all the way from Texas
2: (laughs) yeah I flew from Texas today and um I don't know if you want to tell them who I am
1: Uh, I'm still figuring out (laughs) who you are in a way (laughs) so you're my my mom calls you my new tia yeah, so you like, is your neetheia neat- yeah, coming that's over so to your podcast? so perfect.
2: Yeah. I say the same thing. I say my new sisters, my new nephew, right? I say the same thing because it's really, it's the best way to put it.
1: Yeah. I mean, how personal do you want to get on the podcast? Because we can get personal because when I really say who, who you, uh, you know, how you came into, to our life and.
2: Sure. So, I mean, but we you don't have to, we don't have to focus on it, of course, yeah. but, um, I'm your dad's half sister. Yeah. To put it simply, uh, but I've never met your dad.
1: No, oh, well, he's gonna be here in ten minutes. Oh, no, he's awesome! Not. <laughs> I oh, you yeah. <laughs> <No, laughs> um, you'll meet him eventually. He's a lot of fun.
2: Awesome! Yeah, I, he's a lot of fun. I'm not trying to push anything. Um, so yeah, so I'm I'm the new the new half sister, new tia, like yeah, because um, yeah, I I was your grandfather is my dad and I've never met him so <laughs> it's so weird and so strange but honestly I don't care about talking about it yeah. um, I, on my podcast I'll talk about anything about myself yeah um, so yeah I'm just practicing vulnerability practicing being 100% myself my true self all the time so I've been trying yeah. to do
1: a little bit of that in the past I would say the past year because I th- the way I grew up was pretty wild too you know my dad was really strict um you know growing up in mexico he was like really old school you know get the belt out you know i love him though it's it is what it is though that's the way he raised me but you know being raised in that environment and a lot of the things that i had to see growing up kind of you know a lot of other people i think can be really depressing too or hard but the way i cope with it is is with jokes you know and, I love your jokes. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> it was just um, a lot of people when they listen to like the other episodes where I just say really crazy stories, really personal stories. And now I was talking to my, to the, my other host. They were asking me, why do I get so personal? Why do I tell all of these Ooh. stories that I shouldn't, that are like are embarrassing? But it's a, uh, I don't know. My I think that's just the way my mind works. Like instead, it's inst- the, the way I cope with like trauma, I guess. or.
2: And it's a beautiful way to cope with trauma, right? Yeah. It's, um, when you hold on to it and it turns into shame and then it, it fucks up your life and you go into addiction yeah. and all of those things, which I've done. Um, yeah, me too. When you live, but when you can just say it, right? And you know it's you, it's a part of you, yeah. right? This dark side of you that you're not afraid of, you're not hiding, it's just yeah. who you are, then nothing can phase you
1: feels really free
2: it feels so damn good it yeah. feels so good
1: yeah no I um do you watch Game of Thrones I don't know if we've no asked so uh, I think his name is Tyrion Lannister he's like uh oh, I don't know what to even call him anymore can I say midget because <laughs> he, <I> mean, he <laughs> of is are they short people now that sounds even more rude <laughs>
3: Oh, well,
1: he's a little he's person a, oh he's a little a little person, per, a little person. yeah doesn't that sound more disrespectful
2: i know i know it does
1: it kind of does sound just yeah. like you're a little person anyways <laughs> there was a little person in game of thrones and uh, i can't remember the exact quote but you know since since he is a little person he gets looked down upon by everybody else he's the son of the king literally looked down upon. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah there's no choice but to be looked down <laughs> upon um he he has a quote saying you have to accept who you are and use who you are as a it's a shield in a way that way other people can't use it against you. You have to like own up to who it. you are, and that's what I've been trying to do. Like, I just own who I am, and if people like me or not after that, then I don't know. Because with I was before the podcast, I was telling you about my tianiquel and tiamari. About I have a lot of respect for them. I love them a lot. Yeah, but I I can't really be myself around them. I have to be like kind of professional in a way. I have to be really respectful. I guess like old school where. You know, since yeah. they're the adults, I have to, like, you know, kind of distance myself in a way.
2: Sure. I, does
1: that make sense?
2: I mean, it feels like you're playing a role, right? Yeah, and I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> so you're playing the role of the nephew, which yeah. in your culture is a certain role that people play, right? You don't yeah. tell them certain things. You don't talk a certain way yeah. of them, right? And I hate it. <laughs> it's I, – I I feel it, too. I feel it with – um. I actually i've been stepping away from that right with my own mom um i used to play a role with her yeah and uh, the more i step away from that and actually just be myself more and more and say crazy shit in front of yeah. her or say stuff that's kind of rude um and and i'm not i'm losing the fear of offending her i'm losing the fear of hurting her feelings and i'm just being me like slowly
1: that's exactly how i feel yeah word by word because when we were at the graduation uh that day is like i want to enjoy being here so i'm going to be myself so i was just making jokes just saying whatever but i made a joke to my tia mari because i didn't want i want to be with them the way that i am being with you right now i just want to be able to talk and yeah uh, i said a joke but then i felt so disrespectful afterwards i told alex afterwards (laughs) like i'm so ashamed right now i shouldn't have said it and it it was something simple one of my other tias had bought a book for Alan. It was a zebra because Alan loves zebras. But she bought it when he was little. Held it on to all of these years till he graduated. And then my tia Mari told me that story. And the first thing I thought about was, I think it would have been funny if she just bought it, you know, last week as she forgot to buy him a gift and then, (laughs) you know, made up a whole story to make it more personal. (laughs) And I said that and I don't know if she laughed or not, but I just felt so, so rude. Like I shouldn't be joking. Yeah. I
2: don't know. So that's something that's, she didn't make you feel that way. Right. Like, did no. she say something? No, no, it was something. Maybe you, I'm overthinking it. Yeah. You're imposing that on yourself. Right. It's yeah. like you've got this. Um, I call it different things. Right. You've got this coat that you're wearing. That's like, OK, I'm the respectful nephew right now. Right. It's like yeah. when you go to a job and you put on your uniform, you're like, OK, now I'm the security guard. OK, now I got to act like a security guard. Yeah. So. Yeah. So when you can put your coat on to go and do different things in different places, uh, it feels really freaking good to take your coat off. Yeah. And, and it, just it, be you. Just yeah. be You like naked self. Right. What's
1: <laughs> up, guys? Um, for the listeners, we got Alex interrupted us again and Kalila, you know, living yeah. up to her tradition. <laughs>
2: interrupt like every single time. <laughs> they do that's awesome
1: <laughs> all right do you want to say bye kalayla
2: here say
1: peace out to the people
2: Peace out. oh my god i love it i'll, I'll see you tomorrow bye <laughs> bye. see you tomorrow
1: see you later um but yeah when, that's what i was trying to do that day at the graduation just because i want to be closer to them in a different way i don't want to be close to them in a like nephew to Thea type of way yeah um but it's 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 hard because they've known me as that role yep. that i've been playing which i i still respect them and all but i just want to you know just i was be thinking, more open.
2: i was thinking about the same thing on my drive here um i text them and told them i was gonna have lunch with you and, and yeah. i didn't tell them about the podcast because i don't i don't think they know that i listen to it but i was like it's it's strange i can almost connect to you better than i can can connect to them right i grew up in toledo yeah i um I didn't I didn't grow up in Mexico I didn't have I had kind of a I don't know shitty upbringing yeah <laughs> I I am their sister I'm their same age but when it comes to um, the environment that we grew up in I'm more relatable to you right yeah, like, I feel the same way so the things we can talk about the ways that we relate are a lot different than I can relate to my own sisters so um, yeah it was just that thought came to me Isn't that interesting Mm-hmm. It's like
1: I, I was telling my mom, my dad, everybody, that anytime I talk about you, it's like I always feel like you're a different version than like a female version of me, yeah. because when we first met at the graduation, we were just talking. It's like our conversation got really weird, really <laughs> quick. Well, to other people, it would have been weird we're talking <laughs> about uh, time traveling and universe, the multiverse and all of these cool things that I never really talked to other people about.
2: Yeah, I felt the same way. By the way, for the listeners, this is only the second time we've talked in person. Yeah, yeah,
1: it feels natural. <laughs> totally it feels good.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, that's that's what I felt. Um, I was able to just open up to you and and talk freely and be myself a hundred percent. And yeah. we just met.
1: Yeah, I've <laughs> I've never really done that with anybody else. I guess some of my guy friends, just because I well, for you it, with you was different. Going back to uh, my yes, where. I, I, I know you're my the family, but the way we connected before with our conversations, it's like I have this mixed things. Like, do I have to play that role of being like the respectful nephew with you or can I just be myself with you? Uh, but then after you, you said you listened to the other episodes, I figured, you know, she, <laughs> you <laughs> she knows more, than, more about me than anybody else now. Yeah, I can say anything. Now. Yeah, right. So for yeah. me,
2: that was like, OK, I'm going to listen to his podcast because I'm curious on who he is. Right.
1: So what did you think? Do you do you remember what episode it was? Because I I have them all categorized and what dumb things I said on each one. Oh my god! I mean, it doesn't matter, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just because your so family ever brings it up, like how, how I've I know listened I to
2: almost all of them. Oh really? Yeah. No way. Seriously. Dude, that's awesome. That's Seriously. really embarrassing too. <laughs> Dude, I'm subscribed or whatever it's called, and so yeah. when you post a new one, I get a notification and I listen to it. That's really cool. It. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely.
3: That's
1: really cool. So, from when you first met me. And we talked in person too. Yeah. Then listening to the podcast, like did yeah. your perception of me change? Not at all. No,
2: no. That's you became cool. more. um You became more real, right? And more there was just kind of just a filling in of who you are as a whole person. Interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was no judgment. I didn't like a lot of the shit you talked about. I was like, oh yeah, I can totally relate. Like <laughs> just because. That's pretty cool. I didn't. Yeah, I kind of. Like I said, I, I grew up in a way, um, you know, I started drinking early. I started partying early. I, I was, um, yeah.
1: But early, was what is that, like at 10, 15? <laughs> <laughs> that is early. Because uh, uh, I'm yeah. guessing younger than 21.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, early. Um, yeah. The... high school so like um sophomore year of high school and and on and then it was heavy drinking through high school and through college and post college and <laughs>
1: see that's it was opposite for me like I was I guess like you can say I grew up in a super conservative household not politically but like Mexican old school conservative right um which has sure. changed a lot my my dad has changed a lot since then and my mom the whole thing but like with drinking and like we were mentioning playing the playing the role of just, I guess I guess to the rest of my family, I don't know, for some reason I always felt the pressure to try to seem perfect. Like mm. everything that I did had to seem perfect and I contained myself where if I ever found myself drinking or, because I didn't start drinking until I was 22, oh. just of how scared I was.
3: That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: I, no, it, I guess, I guess it is, but then at the same time, since my first time drinking, I had no idea how to control it and I still okay. don't, you okay. know. I try to avoid drinking because if once it gets in my system, I uh, I get really wild. Yeah, and, and it can be dangerous because I've done dangerous things while drinking and because I wanted to. It's just, I don't, I, I don't know. Just the whole never being allowed in a way to, you know, I'm not saying that I wanted my dad to let me drink at a young age, but you know, be more free in a way. You know? Okay, so does, that's does that really
2: yeah, and that's totally. Um, <sighs> it's a great way to see it. Um, for me, like I'm on the opposite side because I started drinking so early, and I know um, that drinking early affects your brain. It it really the likelihood of becoming an alcoholic increases. I don't know the number. I don't remember it, but it increases dramatically if you start drinking before the age of 18, right? It it affects your brain, brain chemistry. Yeah. Okay. So for me, it's really important, especially for my children. I have three sons, for them to not drink until later. And I see your point, though, that I didn't drink till later. And so then I don't know how to handle it. I never learned how to handle it. I was a binge drinker. I would drink till I blacked out every time. If I were still drinking today, which I've been sober for five years. So I I haven't been drinking. But if I did, (laughs) I know that five years ago, I was still drinking until I blacked out. Really? Yeah. So that there's just something about me. And it's not, it's not it didn't matter if I started drinking early or not. I think that's just a part of me and who I am and how my body reacts to alcohol is that I just keep drinking.
1: I think I have the same, whatever gene runs in her family. Yeah. You got the <laughs> we have the one. same. Yay. Yeah. I, I had that same gene. Cause you're right. Uh, I, I still, like I said, I still try to avoid drinking. Yeah. Um, just because even though I know I can't handle it in it, I'm conscious of it even when I start drinking I'll, I'll lose all consciousness of that I'll just want to keep drinking and yeah. black out just to have fun I guess because I mean it feels good but just the dangerous part of it too, yeah yeah, yeah Drinking right. and having fun and you know the the way just being drunk makes you feel and all and then after that since I was managing I started managing a restaurant at 21 which is really stressful yeah started drinking and then I found out what Adderall was you know, and then I started taking Adderall, and I was like super hooked on it. Which, if my mom listens to this, I hope she doesn't <laughs> <laughs> listen. And I'm doing a character right now; it's not real. Uh, I, um, it, it, I think I was like a, addicted to that for about a a good year.
2: Were you prescribed Adderall?
1: No, oh, no, okay. I just okay. M- my friends were. Yeah. They truly needed it, but uh, it just made me feel like Superman. I could do whatever. I don't know if you've ever taken Adderall. No, but but I'm gonna it's share really with you. really dangerous.
2: So, I believe you, and, and I never took it. Um, I don't know why. A lot of people did, especially through college, to stay up and study all night. Yeah. Um, uh, I have found a new drug. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it is um, fasting. So, by, really? you know what I mean by fasting? No, I'm, I'm so, not fasting, fasting food so, wise. So, fasting talking, food wise. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah. So, the word fast. Um, and then breakfast, right? You're breaking your fast by eating breakfast, right? Because you stop eating before you go to bed, whatever time. Is
1: there really why it's called it?
2: Yes, yes. No way. Yes, the, you, breakfast is yeah. breaking your fast. Yes, through the night you're not eating. When you eat breakfast, you're breaking. It <laughs>
1: your blew my mind. That is wild. <laughs> Never thought about it. Okay.
2: Okay. So, f- so what I have learned is that fasting gives me the buzz. Of like taking something like Adderall. I feel like I am high in the sense, not like a weed high because weed makes me go to sleep. High in the sense that I have so much energy. It's almost like my energy is going up and out of my body. I feel like I could, I like I'm connected to the universe. Like I could get messages from fucking ETs. Like (laughs) I am buzzed. And then when I eat, when I break my fast, I don't usually eat until around two o'clock um, every day. Yeah. I get and then I'm down, like it's a downer. The food is the drug. Actually, the lack of food is the drug. When I eat, I just go chill mode, and then it's like I then it's just like I smoked weed. Yeah. Like, and right now I'm, I've been doing this for the past few months, where so, I'm living my have you life. Ate yet? No, I haven't eaten yet today. <laughs> I woke up at two fifty this morning yeah. to get on my my plane. And I, I drink like, I stopped drinking caffeine, so I don't have caffeine and yeah. I don't, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't smoke cigarettes, I don't smoke weed, I don't have caffeine. And now I'm just like playing with this food and the lack of food being my upper and downer. It's amazing. Yeah. It's so it's so interesting.
1: I know exactly what you mean, because uh, I always get, uh, I say I have an addictive personality or a very uh, hyper-focused on things. Like right now, I'm really into NFTs, so I'm like hyper-focused, and if you see my, my room down here, you know, from pops to comic books and posters, like yeah. I I focus on one thing at a time, and I study it as much as I can, but yeah. for a while, I wanted to be a bodybuilder, mm-hmm. and I started messing around with different types of um, diets, and I, 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 you know, I did it to the best that I could I, I, and there was this diet called the carnivore diet and all you eat is meat no vegetables no no bread no nothing but it's the type of it's, it's 100% protein yeah and it's weird how when I was doing that diet did it for a month i had energy day and night nonstop i was i was never hungry and if if i was hungry i would just eat like a steak or <laughs> bacon because it's the carnivore diet yeah I, I got really lean but it was the the energy that i that I, I think i know exactly what you're talking about where you feel good even though you're not taking anything else to make mm-hmm. like no coffee or anything to wake you up or get, it, it, it's all natural yeah you know it's your body just reproducing whatever
2: yeah yeah yeah. okay there. so the last time we talked we talked about mushrooms yeah and having a spiritual experience
1: yeah really scary feeling but amazing it's amazing and scary.
2: Okay. And I said to you, I don't know if you remember, I said, you can have that feeling without.
1: I tell everybody you said, that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like to my friends and cousins. Like, yeah, she she can uh, get the mushroom experience without shrooms.
2: Okay. Right. So. I still don't understand. So right now I'm playing with the um, Adderall experience without Adderall. Yeah. I'm playing with the weed experience without weed. And. The the mushroom experience without mushrooms is just another thing your body can do for you. Yeah. Without the um, kind of the synthetic or the fake drug.
1: But have you ever done shrooms itself?
2: Um, I have once. Yeah, and long time ago.
1: What, did you do it with the purpose of? finding something within no. yourself or for fun? No, for fun. Okay.
2: Yeah, I was young. Um, I had no purpose. <laughs> okay. Yeah, just... Before like uh, five years ago, right? <laughs> <Got it. laughs> like, yeah. I was just stumbling through life. Somehow managed to finish college and uh, get my master's degree while I, was da- while I was a drunk. Yeah. Maybe um, that
3: was the pushing thing that got you there. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the secret. I
2: don't know. Um, I just... I don't. I don't know what I yeah. did. I just fumbled through. I, for some reason, it was like someone was pulling me with a string. Like, you need. You need to get out of the ghetto. You. You're. Um, God. Everyone called me a bitch. Everyone hated me. Everyone told me I was too good. I was too.
1: Who was everyone?
2: Everyone that was in. I grew up in the South End, right? Yeah. Everyone hated me. All everyone I went to school with. Then I went to Notre Dame Academy. And Were you the outcast I was the outcast. I was like one of three brown girls in my class. Right. Really? Yeah. So. Um, so then I was pretending to be white. I was pretending <laughs> to be rich when I was neither. And yeah. uh, and yes, but something kept pulling me along. I went to a college that I applied for. I didn't I'd never been there. I didn't know anything about college. My mom didn't know. Right. I, and I went to University of Dayton. Really? Which is a huge party school, which is a big mistake.
1: <laughs> my cousin goes there. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's telling me about it.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, so that just upped my drinking that yeah. much more. Um, And then I came back to Toledo, and I went to University of Toledo and got my master's in social work. And uh, still a drunk. And it was worse because oh. <laughs> I was. <laughs> but,
1: sorry, when you say still a drunk at <laughs> Theven right now, and no. I was so confused. <laughs> no,
2: I was still a drunk yeah. then. And so, yeah. yeah, I was back in Toledo. Um just just fumbling just fumbling but someone was guiding my way i don't know who i don't know what um but i made it and i'm alive so yeah yeah
1: when you say somebody was like help i think i even brought that up too i feel like somebody's just guiding me and pushing me i I don't know if i tell you i have a little brother that passed away no so i always feel like he's like my well my mom's always telling me he's my guardian angel so um in a way i feel like he's looking out for me but i feel Mm. like he's getting tired of it you know i think it's getting (laughs) too much take the wheel (laughs) yeah it's it's your turn to uh get things in track because things for some reason always just end up working out for me in Mm. a way um yeah i think that sounds weird but
3: it's not weird at all things
1: Mm. where i should have i guess gotten in trouble or things that shouldn't should have had me in a different type of life you know somehow everything just managed to work out where i'm here now I think that's what you're saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Things just worked out.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Without me doing anything special. Right. Like I didn't. And that people get angry about that, too. Like, because I didn't really work that hard.
1: But it seems like you did. (laughs) I don't know. It doesn't feel like it, though. Yeah. It,
2: It wasn't hard for me. I didn't challenge myself. I wasn't I wasn't striving for anything other than to be better. That's it. I was like, okay. I just got to be better and keep moving forward. Um, yeah, that's, that's it. And and when I yeah. talk about someone guiding me, it's so interesting, right? So I had that perspective of um, it must be my ancestors or my grandmother or my cousin that passed away or right uh, for a while, you know, I was like, oh, they're looking out for me. That's why when I was drunk driving, I didn't kill anyone or myself, right? right? Like I would say things like that. Um, now my perspective is a little different. It's um, what I believe it's, it's me, right? It's a, it's, I was guiding myself. Okay. So if you think about yourself as, um, this is how I think about myself as an eternal kind of spirit who just happens to be in this body right now. So my eternal spirit isn't named Jackie. She's just Jackie right now. Yeah. She's guiding me because that spirit in my belief, the way, the way I see the universe and this experience is that I've been here before. And that's something actually I've done through meditation is I've gone to past life. And so I've I've experienced in a meditative state a past life in which I was a male and I was a preacher. And I've gone to a past life in which I was a female living in Africa, right? And so but those are just my meditative experiences right. on my past lives. And so my eternal spirit who goes into all of these bodies is all-knowing is my version of
1: so kind of like somebody from is it you in the future? Because I think I'm confusing two stories that you told me before <laughs> about because sure. I think about it where you said that you would meditate and think about yourself in the past where you were going through hard things like as a little girl and you would comfort yourself. Which was kind of like time traveling.
2: I'm so glad you brought this up. Yes. Yeah.
1: Is is that what you mean? Like your So that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about
2: something else. Um, The time traveling thing I definitely want to talk about. This one I'm talking about um, my actual spirit. Like when I die, it'll go out of me and then I'll just be a body. Right. That spirit goes into bodies at different times and places, right? And so... When I meditated, I went to a different time and place in which my spirit was in a different body.
1: You mean like a different, like if you're talking about the multiverse, like in a different mm-hmm. universe or a different Actually, era. of this, this
2: universe, earth. different time.
1: Kind of so like um, when they say when you pass away, you come. Uh, yeah, you come, come back,
2: you're born into another baby. So body. that's what you mean. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay.
3: That's
2: what I'm talking about right okay. now. Okay. And that's kind of a linear thinking about that, right right that in the past, I was this man living in God knows where I didn't figure out where I was living. Um, yeah, so that's that that spirit who pops into different bodies in different lifetimes, that's who I believe is guiding me. That's who I believe is has been pulling the strings until I was ready to take the wheel until I was ready to oh, be aware. Yeah. Yeah. of what the fuck I'm doing, right? So that spirit I kind of see it as a little bit out of my body, a little bit above my body, that spirit is guiding my way, right?
3: It's interesting. And yeah.
2: here and what I've been doing the past 5 years is slowly like bringing that spirit into my body and being like, "Hey, come on, let me feel what it feels like to have you in my body. You don't have to guide me now. You can be me because now my brain is ready.
3: Yeah.
1: I see I see what you're saying. So that happened um 5 years ago pretty much. But what happened in the past 5 years where you became kind of self-aware and then this whole mindset cuz you didn't think like this before.
2: Yeah, I didn't think about this so like this before.
1: What happened? What what well, what was the thing that made you become self-aware and then start just, I, I don't know seeing or, or believing these different things cuz I believe in stuff like that too.
2: Yeah, so Usually you yeah, no, no, no. Usually it happens for people um, you can call it like a spiritual awakening, right? Yeah. And, and it's, sometimes it's gradual. For people, they're just like, you know, it kind of trickles in, and you're like, "Oh, this is pretty cool. Let me research about this." For a lot of people, it happens in a traumatic way, like a near-death experience.
3: Okay. right? Yeah, right.
2: Um, for me, it happened in a traumatic way. I was getting so drunk um to the point where i was trying to sabotage my whole life i was trying to ruin my marriage i was trying to um i was feeling suicidal right i was um i was at the end of my rope I, i was trying to implode my life and um i almost managed to but i didn't and out of it kind of out of the ashes of that came this new perspective
1: that's really cool. It's because it's like a whole, a brand new mindset. It's a whole, afterwards. it's like
2: I'm a whole new person, right? Yeah. It's like a Sounds rebirth.
0: Like
1: yeah.
2: Um, It's a re, it's like a phoenix. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like a yeah. rebirth of the my true self of, oh, now I don't have to be puppeteered because that broken person who was just relying on alcohol to numb herself out. I don't have to be her anymore. Now I can be the real me. Yeah. Because that girl died. Like, she literally died. Um.
1: That's how I felt after I was done taking Adderall. I felt like I was a brand-new person. Like, on Adderall, I was – it was like a virus or a – like, I was in a zombie uh, Mm. mindset, you know. I was – like, the Adderall was controlling me. Because I used to – like, if I would get a whole prescription bottle, I was so hooked on it that I would schedule my whole week around it. I would say, for the next two weeks, I can take – Two on Monday, three on Wednesday. I'll take Thursday off, and wow. I I I put I wouldn't schedule anything else, but I schedule you know, uh, Adderall into my daily living just because it helped me out a lot, a lot for I didn't take it for fun, but because it, it helped me a lot for work. But after, because something I guess similar happened while I was on, I just became so depressed um, mm-hmm. on it because my brain was no longer functioning normal I would say, yeah. and then afterwards few I would say about two a couple months of being clean i was like a new person too but the trauma and the awakening i think happened for me like earlier in my life just i I don't i've always been so fascinated by philosophy and psychology Mm -hmm. i know one of the main things that happens when when i had my first breakup it was so harsh and that's when i wanted to understand why am I feeling like this? Why am I so heartbroken over this girl and so obsessed over, over this and yeah. other stuff that happened. And that's when I started like reading philo- uh, philosophy. Yeah. I think I still have the book. I'll have to show you. Uh, it was just a philosophy book and I started to to read and just question life. And it was yeah. so scary because, it? yeah, because it w- when you start questioning life and become kind of self-aware of, of life itself, it's scary because it's kind of easier to live with ignorance about it. Oh my gosh. So much easier. So much easier. Questioning. Yeah. And you're like, it is what it is. Yeah. It's easier. But once you start questioning life and what is life.
2: Exactly. Because, you know, when you're, when you're ignorant to the bigger picture, then things, other you can make other things matter, right? Yeah. You can make what you're wearing today matter when really it doesn't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You can preoccupy yourself with everything in life that doesn't matter. But if you, break open enough with with an emotion usually it's like an extreme emotion yeah you break open you crack open you let in all of this other stuff like why am I here and and what's the purpose of me it's hard it's really hard
1: yeah I mean my sister told me a while ago she started to feel that way and think about that stuff and uh, i was really excited because i'm like i went through the same thing let's talk about it but she didn't want to it's just like it makes her get really sad oh really so she tries to avoid those thoughts yeah. oh but i mean hopefully s- someday she'll want to like explore explore that
2: absolutely And, and but, you telling her that you're willing to talk about it yeah means that she knows she can come to you so that's great
1: yeah yeah i guess but she's she's, she's just scared of that like i said it, it is scary i mean when i f- for a while, I was I guess traumatized just by the thought of life itself mm-hmm. and then understanding that I'm gonna die. Then I started thinking of the death of my parents for some reason mm-hmm. <laughs> and at a really young age, yeah, I was like around ten, and I would just put put myself down just thinking about that stuff. I just wish I would have been like other kids not thinking about it and <laughs> just
2: so you're so you had an experience where you were like my kids, so my kids are like that, my kids are um very um reflective on everything and probably cuz I talked to them about everything yeah, as well but so i remember cool. when they were younger um i stopped coloring my hair and they were so upset that i had gray hair and they were like no it means you're getting old and you're going to die and they had this like emotional crisis about yeah. me dying and um now we're at the point where they know that they'll be okay if i die and they're nine, eleven, and twelve.
0: Yeah, that's
1: that's <laughs> really a weird thing, I guess, for for kids to think about or yeah. to understand. It's, well, I thought about it, and I guess that's I think it's weird for me. Exactly, yeah. and it's not weird. It's totally
2: yeah. it's totally normal. I think the the inclination of society right now is yeah. to numb your kids out starting at an early age. Yeah, you know what I mean. There's like, So
1: many things to numb them.
2: So creatively many things. and and and, in, and everything that's geared towards kids is addictive everything
1: even towards us yes i mean like phones for example i mean Kalila knows that i use my phone she knows that i don't go to the camera right and if a baby if you seen such like a phone it's such a complicated thing but if it's so easy to use that a baby can do it that's how we, how addicting it is yeah for us exactly you know?
2: exactly yeah. i so i have to tell you i have my oldest son is in middle school he just started okay. sixth grade he is almost the only kid in a School of 1300 middle schoolers who doesn't have a phone. That's a lot of kids and no I, phone. How does and he feel I did about not, it? I'm not allowing him to have a phone. He, how does he feel about it? So I told him to start a podcast. I was like, dude, you should start a podcast of all the funny things that happen because you don't have a phone. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like he's living in a different world. It's yeah. like he's an alien on a planet <laughs> of middle school where yeah. everyone has a phone and he doesn't. And he's seeing things. He's like, mom. The girls are just on their phone looking at guys and the guys are on their phone looking at girls and they're not looking at each other.
1: I love that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Perspective he has. Yeah. It's so funny. Cause it's
3: true. So true. Yeah. It's
2: so good. Yeah. He's, and he's really it. funny. And so he, every day he tells me something about like not having a phone and like, and what it means and, and what these, you know, these kids, like they don't talk to each other outside of class. So he's like, the only time I can talk to my a friend he's trying to make a yeah. friend he doesn't know anyone he went be dropped into this middle school doesn't know yeah. anyone so he's like the only time i can talk to people is during class because that's when they're not on their phone yeah so i'm that, he's getting in trouble willing to get in trouble just to talk to another human being
3: yeah
1: yeah that is why it's
2: crazy it's so crazy
1: i think about that with Kalila. i mean because by the time she's in middle school i'm sure technology would have advanced so much i mean yeah. like Have have you ever tried on VR headsets, or virtual reality?
2: I have not done VR. Um, My kids have tried it out though.
1: So the the thing with VR to to me, because I love video games, I love technology, and yeah, I used to see, I before VR was a thing, I would just watch videos on what if virtual reality was real. And to me, virtual reality it's this super, even though it's real now and it exists. To me, it's like the super advanced piece of technology that fascinates me. But to kids like Camila, she wanted a VR headset for Christmas, mm-hmm. and that that amazed me because to her a VR set, a VR headset is just a video game. Yeah, you know they they look at it as what I guess what I looked like at a, at a PlayStation when it came out. You know, it was just a video game. Right. Um, but I guess the point I'm trying, I'm just trying to make is that when Camila just she starts getting older, all of this new technology to her is just going to be normal, and how is she gonna adapt to that? And will I allow her like? like you with your son to adapt with it and and grow with technology or show her the life outside of technology you know
2: yeah and who knows what the technology is going to be at that time so you're just going to have to roll with it right um
1: yeah because vr VR is scary because i mean the internet by itself is scary for for me looking at kalayla because it exposes her to the whole world yeah um she has 100 percent access to anything she would ever want to get access to and i'm sure sometimes she'll have access to things i don't want her seeing. yeah whether it's by accident or on purpose you know it's just the internet it's, Uh sure and then vr takes it to the next step uh, because it's the internet privately in your eyes yeah like there's this world called vr chat you can be anything you want you can be you can be a straw you can be a cartoon character you can be a house anything you can think of and when i was there there was like a mix of all ages there was a lot of little kids a lot of uh teenagers a lot of grown-ups and you can listen to everybody's conversation and then i started thinking like if i was a kid or if kalilah's wearing it this is like really easy for just like for creeps to go on and uh yeah like i was thinking just like pedophiles to just be yeah. perverted on there because the parents if Kalila was wearing the vr heads i couldn't see what she's seeing exactly and now she's being exposed to this brand new version of yeah. technology that. right or maybe i'm overthinking it but it freaks me out
2: it freaks me out too and i didn't yeah. let my kids use it um for a long time yeah just recently they they tested it out i won't buy it or have it in my house um i appreciate technology i think it it gives us uh, the ability to do things that we couldn't do and at speeds we couldn't do it so it makes um it it benefits society a lot yeah but with that there's always there's always the dark side to the good side right? right and so With that good comes the evil of, you know, exposure to kids and vulnerability where you don't want it. But, um, yeah, so making the choice to have my son not have a phone isn't about rejecting technology. It's about providing him with an opportunity to have a perspective that most middle schoolers don't. And that's way more valuable to me than, like, having to coordinate where I'm going to pick him up so that he just can't text me at the end of the day.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we'll give him real life skills.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He totally has real life skills. He has to yeah. walk to school without a phone. And I think some parents would think that's really terrifying.
1: Yeah, I think it's terrifying, <laughs> but my mom would make me do the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. Your mom
2: would, and you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Because kids did it all the time. Yeah. Um, so, but I was talking to other parents who were like, "You, you let him walk without a phone? Right? And so, yeah. no, actually, I want him to be able to function in the world as a human being without yes if he needs technology absolutely use it yeah but if you can function without it then please do the
1: technology is still there and eventually he'll get to the age where i guess he'll start using technology he loves it way. he's
2: really or, talented at it yeah and he loves it mm. and so um it's just about creating a balance of having being able to function in both worlds right yeah. if you're going to play vr if you're going to to live a, a portion of your life in a virtual form you should also be able to live a portion of your life in the reality. Yeah. Right? You, you got to yeah. balance it out.
1: I think, honestly, that VR is eventually going to take over within a couple of years, maybe the next decade and real life will be like looked down upon in a way where VR because Mark Zuckerberg, I was listening to a couple of podcasts he was on explaining the idea of technology and he wants to replace phones with just headsets that you wear throughout your day to day living yeah because his phones are like two-dimensional they're they're useful but it could be more so what he wants to do is because i have a pair of vr headsets they're the ones up there um, yeah. portable but he wants to make it where they're like thin enough and like, like glasses. glasses yeah where you're kind of disconnected from everybody <laughs> like
2: you know? like in free guy
1: I, I tried watching that but i couldn't get into it you oh couldn't? no no not free guy I, i'm thinking of the other movie he dropped on netflix the time traveling one.
2: Oh yeah 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 adam but, project
1: yeah, that one I couldn't get into. But what yeah. are you going to say about Free Guy?
2: Uh, no, the glasses. Yeah. I'm just saying it, it made me think of that movie.
1: Have you seen the movie uh, Ready Player One? Yeah. Love it. I think that's what it's going to be.
2: Well, I mean, that, and that's like a dystopia, right? I mean, yeah. everyone in, in the reality was all like they were stacked up in those um, storage containers, houses, and it was just kind of miserable and everyone escaped into the other world.
1: Yeah, or like Wally. Have you seen Wally?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Like a mix of, well, I think they were wearing some type of VR heads. They the
2: were riding on the cars with the screen because they were so fat. They couldn't, yeah. they had no bone mass. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like, couldn't walk. Yeah. I, I'm, so there's that perspective where the world's going to go to shit. Like nobody's going to be able to do anything. Yeah. Um, VR is going to take over. Or there's the perspective that I like to have and hold as a hope that um, people are doing more of what we're doing and opening up their minds to the power of who who they are and who they can be as a human being. I think
1: that's trending a lot right now.
2: It, it is trending and I hope it's trending in an authentic way, not just a fake way, that people are really awakening to the fact that they can do things as a human and they have superpowers my son and i were talking about superpowers yesterday but but human beings can have superpowers and then they can use vr as a tool yeah. not live in the vr not have the adderall rule your world yeah but use things as a tool for me because i'm a fucking superhero yeah right that like, makes sense what my son and i were talking about last night was um How people can turn trauma, like I said, you know, you have a dark moment, you have a really strong emotion, and you can come out of it like the phoenix rising out of the ashes, and you come out of it with a new perspective, which essentially can be like a superpower, right? Yeah. Because from now on, Adderall can never rule my life. From now on, alcohol can never rule my life. From now on, I don't need goddamn caffeine because (laughs) I can get high on fasting, Right. Yeah. So now I have this superpower yeah. where everyone else around me needs a coffee every morning. I'm buzzing all day until I eat food. But like, that's what I'm talking about. Like just gaining these superpowers. Sometimes we call them golden keys. Like I got this key. I learned this lesson through this really shitty experience I had. I got this key and I want to walk through the store and it's a whole new world for me.
1: That's w- the key. Thing you said—that's how I felt with when I took shrooms. It's like I opened up all of these doors to my head that I've had locked for years, absolutely, and things that I've been avoiding for so long. Um, Because I—I mean, when I took it, I was staring at myself in a mirror. I didn't know you weren't supposed to, but I think for like six, seven hours straight. Just—I have two mirrors in my bathroom. One on my door, so if the door's open, one mirror's behind me, one in front of me. So when I was looking at my reflection, yeah, they did like the unlimited (laughs) amount of um yeah mirrors but it it was i wasn't hallucinating or anything it was a, a mental thing where yeah. the the my reflection i call him like the man in the mirror because even though it was my reflection it that my reflection was my subconscious talking to me and i kept telling myself you're not going to leave this bathroom until you figure out what you're looking for
3: Ooh.
1: and i would say that out loud to myself yeah and I, I i was still thinking like that sounds so dumb why am i saying this but my reflection my subconscious kept saying You can't leave. So when I would try leaving the bathroom, I would just walk right back in, and my reflection would just say, "You're not ready." And then it was constantly me crying and crazy emotions, really sad emotions throughout the whole thing. And eventually, uh, after seven hours, I told myself, "Like, you figure it out. You can leave now." By then, it was like four in the morning, and I took a freezing cold shower. Uh, and when I walked out of the bathroom, I had never felt more relaxed, more That's calm, nice. more peaceful ever in my whole life. And that moment has, like, changed me so much since then because I used to be a really angry person. Oh. Very angry. Um, everything would trigger me. I think I was bipolar, but I was never, you know, diagnosed. But the smallest things were just triggered me like in school i was a bully i mm-hmm. also not because i wanted to be a bully i just didn't want to be bullied so like i'll become the bully before yeah. i get bullied it was a, a lot of those things and then i started thinking at a young age if, if i want people to respect me or fear me yeah. i had a lot of weird things maybe it's just because the way i was raised you know i had a lot of respect for my dad but i feared him yeah where i tried to impose that on other people right like you, you'll either respect me or fear me it's, it's one or the other And it's been that mindset for a while but that trip that i took in shrooms, tore all of that down and then i'm also seeing a therapist or i was seeing a therapist at that time okay. and the mix of the two was like a a brand new awakening it was that's a great insane that's so, really great so w- when you talk about being able to access that, like sober without shrooms yeah is it to that extent i've done
2: could, the mirror thing before really? sober yeah but, so so what I would say is the more you can let go of your identity and your conscious mind, your ego, whatever people call it, different things. Yeah. The more you can let go of that, um, the easier it will be for you to have experiences like that sober. So I remember having a sober experience where I was staring at the moon. I was outside. Yeah. like bawling my eyes out, staring at the moon like, help me, I need help. like I'm at like just looking at the moon for, I don't know, 45 minutes. yeah, crying, having this extreme emotion and then it literally clicked, something clicked in my head and was like, "Oh fuck, I'm the same as the moon. And I'm the moon, and the moon is me, and everything in the universe made sense in that moment, and I was completely sober.
1: I mean, that sounds like shrooms. <laughs> That's how <laughs> I, I, I feel it like it. Yeah, it. I
2: know it does. And I was just like, oh. It was, it was huge. That was probably like four years ago. And it stayed with me. And I was like, anytime I was like freaking out, I was like, okay, I'm the moon, I'm the moon, and the moon is me. Like, I was like, calm down, it's okay, the universe makes sense, I know it does, right? So, that's like a shroom experience that I had completely sober.
1: Saying the universe makes sense and you're one with the universe is, I think, only something someone can truly understand if they experience what you experience of done shrooms because when i one time i did it with my cousin and we just walked outside of my house and there's a tree well there's so many trees outside of my house and, and the grass and all of that stuff that i overlooked that i, yeah. I just don't yeah. care about yeah i felt connected yeah. to those trees i was staring at this yeah. other tree that has like this purple hue to it and i felt like in love with yes. it and it gave me emotions mm-hmm. and i felt so like avatar the movie avatar. Yep. i felt co- yeah. like the earth yep. itself the universe and me
2: yeah.
1: were all one Is this brand new connection that I had?
2: Yes. Right. And so, and, and more and more every day I'm having that experience throughout my day. Right. So So I'm so, um, it's, there's a weird show. Uh, Oh God, I can't remember. Kevin saves the world. It's a weird, bizarre show. I don't even remember what it's on. I'll show it to you later. Okay. Um, there's, so I experienced that. On a daily basis where I'm just like, oh, my God, I love that flower so much. I love, oh, my God, that yellow makes me feel so happy. Like, yeah. I do that shit all the time now, and it makes me feel high. It makes me feel connected to the universe. I I was walking through the airport like a total weirdo. <laughs> like, falling in love with every person that walked by me. I was yeah. like, Oh, I love you so much. You're so beautiful. Oh my God. Oh my God. You're so amazing. Like to these, like in my head, of course, yeah. I wasn't speaking it out loud. That <laughs>
1: <Yeah, whatever>, would <laughs> <it, yeah. laughs>
2: But I, I'm just like, I love living this way. It yeah. feels so good. And it's taken me a long time. Like it's taken me five years to get to this point from it, the point of breaking yeah. to being here. Where more and more on a daily basis, I'm just like,
1: that sounds like ego death. Yeah. Like, do you have a big ego? I mean, it doesn't seem like it. Like, you don't. Know, or so
2: ego is interesting. It's I've been working with what does ego mean for a while. Yeah. Um, a lot of the time, people talk about ego as being a negative, right? Like, oh, you're an egomaniac, right? Like, oh, you're so full of yourself. Yeah. Um, I think ego serves a purpose for us to get things done right to live this human life right to have a house to live in right the ego is per it's it's like the will to live it's the i think it serves the same purpose
3: i agree yeah and
2: so i at times have had more ego than others and i think i think when i need it i can call it upon it and be like okay come on like you're actually you can do things you can get things done yeah but a lot of the time, I can just push it to the back and be like, no, I don't need you. And so it's it's kind of like the ego doesn't rule me anymore. Kind of like um, everything else, yeah. right? Like who's in okay, charge? Well, wait,
1: yeah. Because I've been looking for it, or not anymore. I was searching through shrooms at a point. I just wanted to have like that ego death experience. I just want – because I didn't like who I was at all. And I was like if I want to be a good father to Kalila, you know – Good husband to Alex and just a good person overall. My ego or who I was at that moment had to die, you know. And I needed something else. But then, you know, the the whole—I don't—I don't don't think I experienced an ego death. I think it was close to that night. But now I'm actually scared of that. But the way you said it, where oh yeah yeah yeah, just look—if you need it, you can bring out your ego because it makes me who I am. Also, and I'm also scared. I think like you find a balance. It's—it's
2: all about everything is about balance. Yeah everything is about balance because you can't be high on shrooms all the time no right you got to live this this life you got to go to a job you got to make money you got to be a father right you got to know what's in your bank account which i struggle with all the time it's so funny like i I don't remember numbers i think it's something that's wrong with my head um but my husband's like he hates it because he's a mathematician yeah and so he's like how do you not know? I'm like, I don't know. There's always the perfect amount in my bank account. And he's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I got to just talk like I'm, I'm like, I don't know. It's great. It's like the universe takes care of me. <laughs> yeah. That's,
1: that's the universe. Of my bank. Yeah. yeah.
0: But, it.
2: Um, yeah so it, everything's a balance. Yeah. So balancing your ego so that your ego is not in charge and telling you what to do, because that's what happens. Your ego tells you your ego is here to keep you safe. Right. Yeah. And When
1: people, (laughs) or or it was,
2: when people are here. So feeling safe means feeling like you're in charge. Feeling like oh yeah, you know what's going to happen next. Exactly, you have a sense of control. Yeah, I'm going to be a bully so that no one bullies me. Right? Okay, I got it. Ego. Yeah, you got to get it. You be mean first, then they won't be mean to you, and that's your ego being in charge. Your ego is taking care of you so that you're safe.
1: I never thought about it like that. Yeah
2: so it serves a purpose yeah it serves a purpose it doesn't need to die it just needs to be reined in and told who's boss right
1: yeah yeah but I, um, I think a lot of people with that too is I, I think you gotta be self aware too to understand to understand what you just said that my ego like in middle school and high school was in control of myself then to eventually say well I wanna be in control of myself now which I'm still trying to it's hard
2: it's hard yeah So, the first thing that I think is that you have to separate and realize that there is more to you than just one thing. You're not just one thing. So, I call it being multidimensional. So, you're your ego. Okay. You're also your eternal spiritual being. Right. Right? You're also um, your emotions. You're also your thoughts. You you have the capacity for all of those things within one being but you are multi-dimensional in that you can have or not have any of those things at one time so I like to when I'm thinking about myself or I'm talking to my children or, or a friend I like to point out those different things in you so that you can say in any given moment who's in charge who's re- ruling the show right now is it my ego who's really acting out of fear to protect me or is it my eternal spiritual self who's talking to the moon (laughs) or is it my emotions who just feels so fucking sad and depressed. I can't stand it and I just want to cry all day. Um, Or is it my thinking self who's trying to figure out this, you know, physics or psychology or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. And if you just know who's in the front and you can call upon the others at any time, then you're in charge and you can use your different parts of yourselves at any given time. You don't have to be afraid of them and you don't have to lose them. They're always there for you. So for, for my family, for my kids, yeah. um, You know, those Disney movies that came out, Um, we don't talk about Bruno. What movie is that? Oh, Encanto. Encanto. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Kaleida
1: sings it every day.
2: (laughs) So, Encanto, and then before that was um, the Italian sea monster, guys. Um,
3: Luca. Uh, Yeah, Luca. Luca. Okay.
2: In both of those movies, there is a character named Bruno. Okay? So, in Luca, it was the one character saying, Silencio, Bruno. And it was this negative self-talk. He was talking about the negative self-talk this voice in his head who was telling him he can't do something you you know you can't do that you should be afraid don't go out of the water right and he called it bruno and so he would say silencio bruno and then they would go do whatever they were afraid to do right in encanto it was bruno again and this time it was the brother who everyone disliked and had to go in hiding right okay so The brother that the mom was ashamed of because he was ruining everything in the town. Right. Right. But really, he was just being honest. Yeah. Really, he was just showing people what they already knew. But he was labeled the bad guy. Ended up, he's great. Everyone loves him, right? Right. The the moral of the story. For my kids, we decided to use the name Bruno as that negative self-talk. As the part of you that sometimes gets hidden and told is wrong as well, right? And so, anytime one of my kids would be talking about something negative or, or, or about themselves, and I would say, Who's here right now? Is this Bruno talking? And yeah. they'd be like, I don't know. No, it's me. I'm pissed off. Whatever. Yeah. Like, oh, it sounds like Bruno. Okay, what does Bruno want? Right? And so, yeah. then we would talk in a way where it was like, It's not you. It's someone else. That's interesting.
1: So could you kind of just gave those feelings a personality, uh-huh. so they understand what they're feeling in a way, knowing that it's this other thing in them. Exactly. Right. To try to control, it. instead of having their emotions all over the, p- kind of like the movie uh, where they have the feelings in there. What is it called? Um, yep. With,
2: like with, like with all that, it, it um,
1: gives all your emotions personalities. You know what movie I'm talking about? I do know what I mean. Kind of like that. Like you're, you're kind of that feeling that they're having right there you named it Bruno and then right. they understand it more so,
2: so that movie is specifically talking about feelings and yes yeah. that was really helpful I love using movies as analogies yeah. talking to my kids it makes it so much easier um, I love what you know Disney I think as a company was bad and, and when I was growing up it was like really misogynistic and the messages were all fucked up yeah. but now I feel like they're doing a much better job of um, allowing parents like me to use those movies to talk to important talk about important things with your kids. Yeah. So so yeah. So naming emotions is great. I love that. This was more of naming your ego as a separate part of you. Right. That's okay? what I was trying to explain. But you said it. Yeah. Better. Yeah. <laughs> so I just see. Emotions are emotions. Emotions come and go and they flow like a cloud passing by. That's how I see it. Emotions. What happens a lot of the time is that we hold on to that cloud and we grab it out of the sky and we're like and we stuff it in our throat and we say, I'm sad. Now I'm sad. Not I'm feeling sad. I'm sad and I'm going to be sad for a long time and I'm now I'm depressed. Yeah. And that's my identity. Okay. You know? Yeah. So the Bruno is more of, is your ego in charge? Is your ego making you fearful? Is your ego trying to protect you? Right? Right. Is your ego, you know, acting like uh, the other other Bruno is more like, you know, the honest, truthful Mm -hmm. self gets hidden away? Yeah. So,
1: yeah. That's interesting. For me, my ego... Or who I am, like we were talking about roles earlier, the roles mm-hmm. that I play, where it gets confusing. And if, well, I will do play like a lot of characters, too. Absolutely. You know, well, it's like, but I would take them to an extreme, like in high school. I went through, so middle school, oh, I was a bully.
2: Street Fighter. You talking about street fighter? yeah. I to how, how I faked it. Oh, so <laughs> yeah. you heard that story,
1: yeah. yeah so w- when I do stuff like that, but I, I stay in character. And when I ever see those people, so I can be with my nerdy friends, <laughs> and then I'm being a nerd. But if one of those like tough guys walk by, I'll, I'll flip, and then yeah. I'll be like the, the the street fighter persona that I was portraying to them. And then it, I was like, I would do different personalities for for different people. So sometimes, I'm like, Am I, is that what I'm doing right now? You mm-hmm. know, but I'm not aware of it because mm-hmm. back I started to figure that out now. But back then, even i looked at it as oh, i'm lying to you but now i look at it as, as a, i was just doing a character to, to survive mm-hmm. um but back then i you know i thought i was that person to those people i said it so much that i started to believe it right and then sometimes in my life now i start thinking like it's is this who i really am or without knowing am i just doing pretending to be the person i want to be right now I, I don't know if that makes sense like am i just faking this person that wants to Find more meaning in life and find more meaning and stuff. is like, is that really who I am, or is, am I just pretending to be that person? Without, I don't know. That yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Up. No, I love it. it. That's that's just being really um, introspective, and and things fold on each other. And so, I think, you know, if you think about like putting a jacket on or putting a uniform on, yeah, we do that all the time. We do it all the time. It's natural. To do that, you did it to an extreme because you're a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, I guess so yeah, I was <laughs> just <pretty> kidding. <laughs> so, but that's what we do, and and honestly, I think we talked about this the first time we talked about life being like a game. right yeah. life is like a video game. Um, yes, to some extent, this version of yourself right now is also a character, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: but it's like I don't want it to be a character. I really want to be this person because i'm actually happy i love that but like a year from now in a couple months is my perspective because my mind changes so much day to day yeah. you know it's i who i was last week is so different than what i am now literally so it's like in, in three months who, who am i gonna be because I, I like the way things are now yeah but
2: yeah so oh, i love it it's, it's so good i love <laughs> hearing you say these things it makes me so happy um so so what i've I've done the same thing. I've been through it. Yeah. And what I've found is that the thing that I'm being most, right? Right. Seems to be my most authentic self. So the person that I'm acting like the most, I keep acting like this same person. And even though the people and the scenarios are changing, I'm still that person. Okay. This must be the best version or the most authentic version of me. Yeah. And so you'll just get to know like, oh, it's that version of Rafa, right? It's, oh, he's back again. Yeah. I really like that guy. This guy makes me feel the best or the highest or the whatever. He makes me feel the most loving to my family.
1: Yeah. But it could also change without me wanting wanting it to change, I think.
2: Only if you're not in control. Right? Yeah. yeah. Only if you put something else above it. And maybe it might need to change. I mean, if you're in an emergency situation, you don't want to be the Rafa that's on shrooms who can't get out of the bathroom.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so you yeah. want to be able to change it in the snap of a finger and be like, okay, now I got to be protector. I got to get my family safe and to safety.
1: See, but I took that protective role. So I have a story that happened with my tia Mari and Tienico, I think another reason why mm-hmm. sometimes I'm so embarrassed to be myself. So my dad, you know, he's he's a macho man, right? or okay. the what he he's a lot different now but back then it, it was like a really tough guy you know I always told me how he's the best at everything right so he put that personality in me i'm gonna be the best at whatever i do be the greatest um I always told me family comes first and i have to protect my family above anything else in, in this world right mm-hmm. but drilled it into my head to to an extreme right Yeah. every single day family's everything family's everything so one day we went out to eat uh sidelines with my tia Ari nicole uh my mom and dad were there i think paula and alan were there too right we were all sitting at a table and you know my aunts are really pretty and there was these guys sitting behind us that from the corner of my eye i thought i saw them checking out my tia tia nicole and i got so mad i got infuriated like it's all used to be anything would trigger me and i got so mad and i tried letting it just you know don't make a scene just let it be they kept i look back and they keep staring staring now i'm thinking they're staring at my mom and you know that's my mom you don't disrespect my mom and i get so angry that i start yelling at them you know i yell at them asking them like what are they looking at you know i tried starting a fight just because at that moment i thought i was protecting Mm -hmm. my family even though that was really embarrassing i shouldn't have done that and you know just let them do whatever they're not hurting anybody yeah but like that protective thing that i had you know i would take that to an extreme i like, even i remember one time my mom picked me up from high school and some guy yelled at my mom nice shirt and i got so angry like i turned into like an animal i you know i didn't do anything i was like more bark than anything but yeah. i opened the door started yelling at him my mom pulled me back into the door because uh i mean back into the car but uh, you know i've changed since then so it's like i'm always because that's also a part of me mm-hmm. you know I talked to my therapist about the, you know, the anger and my anxiety is part of me. How do I keep that under control? I forget where I was going with this story, but. um,
2: That's a really interesting, um, that's an interesting thing to think about controlling emotions. Okay. I'm going to tell you about this new job I have. Okay. So I'm working um, in a school district and I'm working in, it's called the 18 plus program for its. So it's students who've been involved in special education. And they're allowed to receive services through the school district until they're 22 years old. Okay. So I'm working with students who are autistic, severely autistic, who have learning disabilities. I love it. It's the first time I've ever worked with this type of, of population. And, and I love it so much. And so one of my students was talking about, I need to control my emotions. I need to control because he has extreme emotions. And that's a, it's a, a symptom of autism. Although Are I have you trying to
1: tell me something, <laughs> <laughs> I'm diagnosing you right yeah. now. No.
2: no, but I I tried. You know, the past couple of weeks we've tried to say hey, let's not control your emotions. How about we accept them, right? And then realize how we're acting on them because an emotion is going to be there no matter what. You can't really control if you're going to feel sad. Right. You can't really control if you're going to feel angry It's your behavior Right, it's your thoughts about that emotion And your behavior yeah, That you can decide to do or not to do Right, so the idea that you can control the emotion Is kind of a false statement
1: So, so you're kind of saying You can't control the emotion But you can control the way you react Yeah, you can so you choose
2: how you're going to react right? Right. Like, I'm really angry right now What do I want to do? Do I want to go scream at those guys and embarrass myself? Yeah. Or do I want to let it go? I can't change the fact that I'm angry. Right? Right. So, so yeah. So, I love working with this population because they're so honest.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, have you seen Love on the Spectrum, the TV show? No. It's so good. Um, when I tell people about it, they think I'm making fun of, like, people with autism, but I'm, but I'm not. Because it's people without autism that want to start dating. Okay. But they can't because they're very limited by the way because you said they're so honest and yeah. they're they're not very so, um, socially aware, you know, that they have a yeah. hard time talking. But when you get like there was this one guy that was going to go on a date with with a, a girl and he was so upset that he was going to pay for the bill. He kept telling his parents that he doesn't want to pay. And then when he's yeah. finally on the date, he's so upset that he's paying, he pays. And then he tells the girls like next time we go on a date, we're splitting the bill that's something nice to do they're so blunt so forward and that's what makes the show funny just how honest they are and so i, and I love it yeah and i think if we were all like that you know the world would work a lot better oh my if god we were truly you just honest like them
2: speaking my language i i feel the same way and i feel that yeah. for a lot of my life i was autistic like when i was younger i didn't talk to anyone ever i was so weird yeah. i talked to myself in the in the in the bathroom i'd, I'd talk to myself in the mirror and i'd think about like aliens and dying. And I was a weird, weird kid. Yeah. It was super weird. Um,
1: I was the same way. It's so <laughs> crazy. When you say these things, I would think <laughs> the same stuff. Yeah. yeah.
2: So I, um, I think in some ways I'm autistic. I know my, in a lot of ways, my kids are autistic, right? And, and my son, my middle son, Julian made um, this analogy. He said, uh, autism, if people were donuts, Autism isn't the box that the donuts are in. Autism is the sprinkles. And some people have a little bit of sprinkles <laughs> and some people have a lot. How old is he again? He's, he's in 11. Story. He's 11. He's 11. He's, he's in fifth grade. That's
1: really impressive that he thinks like that.
2: He is a genius. He's yeah. really, really smart. And he has a lot of sprinkles. Yeah. You know? <laughs>
3: that's and if so we cool. talk
2: about it in that way. Yeah. Like when I was younger, I had a lot of sprinkles. Yeah. Now I have less, but I think sprinkles are amazing. I love sprinkles. Yeah. Right. And if people were to think about, yeah, I'm kind of like, I do that. I kind of sprinkle when I, when I uh, can't let things go. Yeah. Right. Or when I'm too blunt or when I'm awkward or when I can't look people in the but, eyes, because yeah. those are all, uh, you but, know, characteristics of autism. Like, yeah. Everyone has yeah. some. There's just people who have a lot.
1: Yeah. Because that they say like autism is a spectrum because mm-hmm. literally anybody exactly. could fit anywhere Yeah, on there. Now that you say, I feel like I have it too. <laughs> <laughs> really do. Everyone does. Yeah. I'm going, I'm that's really my sprinkled. mission in
2: life is convince everyone they're autistic.
1: Yeah, that's going to be the name of the episode. <laughs> something with sprinkles. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's interesting. Because I, sometimes I, like those analogies that your son would make, I would make them to my mom, but I don't think she would understand them. Because I remember one time I, for some odd reason, I like you started thinking politics. I was younger for no reason.
0: Yeah. And
1: I started to think about the president, started to think about politics in general. And I was telling my mom, like, I think politics is like a, like a magic show where like a magician, if, if there's a magician right here, he'll show you the whole trick and you're watching him do everything. But with the sleight of hand at, at the end of, the whole show he tricked you without ever knowing i was telling my mom i think oh, that's how the government is you know they, they they show you all these things that they're doing i guess they're very open but behind the scenes there's like some sleight of hand happening yeah and i don't know why i thought of of that Tell my mom but she kind of shut it down <laughs> she was like government's not like magic and um i just don't think she got it now she does i think my mom's always thought i was weird because one time i questioned religion i remember she started crying and i felt so oh. bad uh, if you're if your kids ever question religion all the, time. You, are, all the time they do
2: All the time. So my kids are allowed to say whatever they want to me, at least. They can say whatever they want.
1: Which I think is interesting because I wasn't raised like
3: that. Exactly. So.
2: Neither was I. But I was raised differently. I was raised by a mom who was, um, who had chronic depression. And so she was removed mostly. She didn't parent me. So I, I, I used to see it as a fault, but now I see it as a gift that I wasn't really parented. So, I was allowed to do whatever I wanted, but I wasn't allowed to make my mom feel more sad, so I was really limited in what I could say and talk to her about, which is why oh. I was about myself. yeah, you know she never had any other kids, she just had me, and it was just her. she never married okay so i I spent most of my time alone, which was why I was weird yeah and <laughs> and i um and I wasn't parented, so I was never told to do something. I was never told how to do something which allowed my brain to not have so much programming. If you think about your brain as a computer, depending on the amount of programming you have in there, yeah. and, and sometimes it's chaotic and the code doesn't make any fucking sense, and, <laughs> and, and you're going through your life like, what the hell? Why do I think this and this, and th-, right? Yeah. And so I use the analogy of programming a lot. It's a really It's a good analogy for the brain and for... Uh, behavior patterns that were input by someone else. Yeah, that aren't your coding. You That's what didn't write it. My
1: therapist said not <laughs> in those exact words, but along those lines. Yeah,
2: yeah. So, so I didn't have a lot of coding. I was pretty much a blank slate. Interesting. Um, yeah. which was good for me. And so for my parenting style, I can I can kind of do whatever I want, and I don't feel any guilt. I don't feel any shame. And So I allow my kids to say whatever they want yeah so when it comes to religion i'll bring it back to religion um i started off you know i was raised catholic but i always had issue with catholicism always had an issue always and it never felt good it never felt like home it never felt like it made sense um but i appreciated it that i you know, i was raised in it it felt um, you know, having a community is important. And so, um, I would go to church when I had to and, um, but I always knew that it didn't fit me. So my kids, we had them baptized. My husband was also raised Catholic. So, you know, he was like, yeah, we should baptize them. Okay. But then after we baptized them, we tried church for a few years, but then it just I couldn't do it. It was painful. Yeah. It gets to the point where it's mean. like, it's too much. It feels like a charade. I'm pu- I'm acting again. Here <laughs> yeah. I am acting like a good Catholic when really yeah. I think it's bullshit. <laughs> so, yeah. so we stopped completely and my kids are allowed to believe whatever they want.
1: What like, I mean, when they talk about religion, do they say that there's something that they believe in specifically? Or th- are they just too young too?
2: so they talk about like they no they're not too young they talk about um, Jesus is some one of them believes Jesus was a man one of them believes maybe he wasn't and he's just a story they believe this the Bible was written for a purpose to teach yeah. people things to have um, a standard for morality right they That's can talk the way about I look all at, of that. like a rule book yeah exactly yeah. and um, but but themselves one of my sons says he doesn't believe in God right that's, yeah and that's okay um he's, he doesn't believe in reincarnation which i believe in right that's okay yeah. you don't have to you don't have to that's believe so in cool. what i believe in yeah and so so yeah it's really open but you said you your mom was sad
1: i don't think she knew how to how to handle it or my dad either good but i was also so i learned as much as i could about religion just so i could Contradict everything that I learned So I would learn as much about religion And the way it works And why are people religious And uh, like the philosophy of religion The rules I guess And then I would talk to people that are religious And I just wanted to because There was like two things to it One I was very curious But then the other one I didn't really care much about it So I just wanted to Contradict somebody that did believe in it <laughs> So I would talk to people that were religious And whatever they said I would be like well You know if you can have you know, be, can't be full of yourself, it sounds like God is full of himself because, you know, he made himself the one God and then send Satan to hell and you can only worship God and you know it's you know a lot of these things sound really narcissistic and I would yeah. just yeah. just poke holes and whatever, just because it was fun to me. It was, it was like the <laughs> argument side of it was fun. But then it got to the point where I actually started to question religion and the moment that I actually questioned if God was real or not, there was like a really big thing for me. And I remember telling my mom, I was like, mom, I don't believe in God. I don't know. I don't think he's real. And if he is, I think he's evil. Uh, for, for a lot of us. Because, I mean, the Catholic Church within itself and and, mm-hmm. and um, the, what are they called? I can't, I can't remember. the Like the father? Priest? The priest. The yeah. priest, what they do, they're discussing things that, not all of them, but what a lot of them do. And then if they do something disgusting, they don't go to prison. They don't go to jail. They just get moved to another church. So I started seeing all these things. And it's like, I oh, can this think that we worship be good right it never made sense it makes a little more sense now but yeah i, don't, I just i just think she got said because she didn't know how to properly talk to me about that you know th- does that make sense
2: absolutely absolutely i think so we, my perspective on parenting is that um kids provide us the opportunity to have that awakening yeah that um spiritual awakening or conscious awakening, whatever you want to call it, they provide you with that opportunity. And you can either take the opportunity and grow with them. Yeah. Or you cannot take the opportunity and stay where you are and then have a child who's growing and you can either have them be where you are and provide them the only perspective that you have yeah or you can grow with them
1: which that was something really cool that my mom did well instead of shutting down my ideas and telling me god is real that's the only thing you can believe in and even though she didn't agree with my mindset at th- at that time she just allowed me to keep thinking it's like well you'll you'll figure it out nice so she would say just keep believing and being who you are and eventually you know you'll start figuring things out and when she said that, I thought, you know, now that when I think back, it was it was really cool because like you said instead of telling me, no, God is the the only way and that's the only thing you can follow. Maybe my mind would have been. Oh, I don't think so. I am who I am where I would have just contradicted that. But <laughs> uh, yeah, no, because I think about that with Kalila. Will I try to engrave my beliefs in her? Right. Will I try to let her be her own person? But if I let her be her own person and how do I guide her? You know,
2: okay, so you said the right word. Like, that's the key word that I use all the time. Yeah, for for my kids, I'm like, Hey, I'm just your guide on this ride until you're 18, and then you can do whatever you want. But for now, we're gonna operate in the sense that I'm your tour guide, yeah, right? Because I've been here longer, doesn't mean I'm smarter, doesn't mean I'm wiser. I definitely want to hear what you have to say, but I am your guide, yeah, and it's also my responsibility to be in charge of you for. A while. So, please, be you. Express yourself. I yeah. want to hear you. I want to learn with you. I want to talk with you. That's really cool. But also, I'm going to let you know where the boundaries are. I'm going to let you know where it's safe. You don't have to worry. I got you. I got your yeah. back. And I'm going to love you no matter what. But I am your guy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That makes sense. But that, 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 when you let them express themselves... It seems you, you let them express themselves more than I know other parents, too. Do, you, do they understand the boundaries where they know there's certain things that they want to express themselves, but then they can't because then there's these set of rules where right they might cross the line.
2: So that's what my podcast is about, right? It's, yeah. I, it's called Out of Your Mind Mom because sometimes I'm crazy. And I'm literally out of my mind. And sometimes I think outside of my mind in a way that provides me with a really what I see to be a really beautiful way to interact with my kids. Yeah. And so if you ask my husband, my kids cross the line a lot more than I would say because I allow them to express themselves more than he would like. But in my mind, like for instance... My son called me a dickhead <laughs> a couple months ago because he was feeling an intense emotion. Like, in, in my kids cuss a lot. Yeah. And I allow them to because, it's, for me, it doesn't bother me. And it's just another way of expressing. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't faze me. Um, can they go to school and talk to their teacher that way? No. Because there's rules at school. Right. That they have to play by
1: do they understand
2: those rules absolutely 100% they know because of the way we talk how they can act in certain places at certain times they know that when they go to school we talk about it as the school game they got to play the school game remember
1: oh, you mentioned that yeah
2: so they play the school game and they're yeah. playing it really well so they go they know right it's like Monopoly Um, They're playing the game. They get to get their tokens. They take care of everything in regards to school. They hadn't been in public school um, for four years. Now they've now they're back into public school. (laughs) Yeah. And they're handling it 100 percent on their own. And they're doing such a good job that my middle son, who the last time he was in public school, was crying all day. In kindergarten and first grade, he just cried yeah. all day at school, and I had to like take him out. Like, Jeez. okay, this isn't working. Yeah, and now he's like getting awards for being the best fifth grader. Like, and got like a free meal. Um, he's it's playing cool. the game really well now because yeah. he could see it as a game. And we talked about like just because you're successful at school doesn't mean you're going to be successful at life. It just means you know how to play the school game really well. Yeah. Right. Right. And some people don't know how to play the school game. Well, and that means they're either failing or they're getting in trouble. Right. But you got to know what the rules of the game are. You're going to read the manual first. Right. Right. So they know the manual. They know how to do well. They know how to yeah. play games. They like board games. My my middle son plays D&D. Now my younger son is playing D&D. They know how to role play. Yeah. Right. They know how to act a, a role really well. And they also know where they can be themselves, and they can say crazy, outlandish things, and they can call their mom a dickhead, and they cannot <laughs> get punched in the face. Yeah, you know. So me providing them the opportunity to see scenarios as games and not the val- your value as a human being is not determined on your grades at school. It's just a game you're playing. yeah. So that's kind of how we operate. And so they know the boundaries with me even though they're constantly testing them out
1: are you scared that as they get older they'll stop like they'll confuse no i don't think they'll confuse it if they understand it now because just i mean i I love what you're doing but i just have like such a different way of thinking because i'm thinking if i call my mom a dickhead well not even my mom she would be you know disappointed and i don't like seeing my mom sad but if i were to call my dad that (laughs) it would have ended really really bad for me so Absolutely. trying to just comprehend your, yeah, your yeah, kids yeah. being that free. It's
2: exactly. So, <laughs> So so yeah. What, what was the question you asked me? I kind of forgot.
1: So as they get older. Oh, am I afraid? Oh, yeah. That's what you said. For, am I afraid? Yeah.
2: Okay. I was afraid when I found out I was going to have my third son. That's when I was most fearful. When I was pregnant with my third son. Why is that? Because I... Number one, I wasn't who I am today, but I was like, holy shit, I'm going to have three boys who are going to be three large men who are going to be able to do whatever the hell they want and say whatever the hell they want to me. And I'm not going to be able to do anything. What should I do? What do I, what do I need to do to control them? How do I get them to be good people? (laughs) I flipped out. I was having full on panic attacks while I was pregnant because I was like, I was future tripping all the way to them being adult men who were going to like overrun me. (laughs) Who am I? One woman to to handle these three Three. men. Yeah. So I asked advice of one of my aunts and I said, you have two sons who are pretty well behaved. What did you do? And she said, I beat them. (laughs) And I was like, Okay, so I got to spank my kids. Is that what I got? to I got to dominate. I've yeah. got to be the heavy. and They got to be afraid of me. Okay. I think my
1: dad asked you for advice too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think a lot of people do yeah. that. So I, that's what I tried to do. I had my first son and we would spank him to teach him. Okay, don't do that. And then we spank him. Or, yeah. Okay, it's working. It's good. We did it. Yeah. We got it. We got it. We don't have to hit him hard. Just one time and he learns, yeah. right? And my second son comes along. We spank him and he goes, that didn't hurt. Really? Yeah. (laughs) And then spank him again. I didn't didn't feel that. Would he say that? He would say that out loud.
1: Do you think his older brother was giving him tips?
2: Not at all. Because his older brother was very susceptible to fear, right? Okay, yeah. He he responded really well to fear. He still does today. My, my middle son does not. And he <laughs> has an incredibly high pain tolerance. So I Jeez. was like, what the fuck do I do with this kid? Yeah, This is a kid who in any other family would get beat. Like he would get beat because he doesn't care. And he's going to stand his ground no matter what. And he yeah. has a lot of sprinkles. Yeah. So he doesn't care what you say. And he doesn't care what your boundary
3: is. Yeah. He
2: gets fixated on his mentality his thinking right and with the high pain tolerance he would have been (laughs) beat to death like i i I was like okay this isn't working anymore right not working
1: so so now
2: what i didn't know what to do i had no idea what to do and that's what a lot of my parenting is about being trying to figure out what to do what do i do with these (laughs) kids and then my oldest son was having extreme emotions at the age of five, where he was telling me he hated me. I hate you. You're the worst mom ever. Wow. That would, that's what he would say in his tantrum. And I was a drunk and I was full of trauma that I hadn't dealt with. I was full of shame that i hadn't dealt with and when my baby told me he hates me and that i'm a piece of shit i mean he didn't say that when he was five he would just say he hated me and i was a bad mom and i was like you're right i am and i believed him and then i was like that's when i started my spiral downward it was my son who set me off on you're right Everything you're saying is true. I am a bad mom. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm horrible. I'm awful. I've done these terrible things in my life. And I started drinking more and I started feeling really, really terrible. And so he provided me the opportunity to get to where I am today. And I thank him for it all the time.
0: Wow.
1: When you said that he said that he hated you, I remember one time I said that to my dad. You know, I was just sick of it. And I was, I said, it and I regret it. Uh, my dad, like I keep telling you, he's like a really tough guy. Yeah. Even if he's hurt, he'll never show it. And I remember when I said that, it was so powerful, like saying, I hate you to your mom or dad. That, that's the first time I ever saw him sad or right. feel like hurt. But I, I, yeah, changed. things did change a little bit after that. But don't you feel like sometimes your kids need to, I mean, they're going to hate you regardless in a way. Well, because mm-hmm. once you start saying, so it's kind of, you,
0: can't, you yeah. can't avoid it. They
2: tell me they hate me all the time still. But my response is different, right? Yeah. So my response at first when I was full of all this pain and trauma that I hadn't dealt with. Yeah. My response was, oh, my God, you're right. Yeah. Oh, my. I, oh, my God. Like, you, your kids can be um, your mirror. And they can reflect to you anything that you haven't dealt with. Right?
1: Around what age did you start seeing that with them? Like the reflection of the things Um, that you don't
2: like? At like three, four, five. It was early. It was Uh, early.
1: I hear about this and I don't want to see that in (laughs) Kalila. It scares me. (laughs) You know, I mean, luckily Alex is a really good person. I don't know. Sometimes like I look at her, she lives such a normal life. Yeah. That it, it, it confuses me. But... Yeah, with Kalila, it's like, I don't want to see the things that I hate because I hear a lot of parents say that or the so bad stuff.
2: you'll see the best of you and her. You'll yeah. also – so she will provide you those opportunities. She's right. going to test you. She's going to provide you those – and not because she hates you, even though she might say that. It's because right. really she loves you and she's thankful that you're her guide, yeah. right? And so she wants you to be better, just be a better version of yourself. And so she's going to push all of your buttons – yeah (laughs) so that you can grow and learn and if you have the perspective of okay what do I need to learn from this this feels really shitty what do I got to learn here and so now when my kids tell me they hate me I can be like okay that's all right I love me it'll be all right you'll feel better soon (laughs) like it really yeah Yeah. and it's all good it's all good because they can't really phase me that much anymore Sometimes they do if they catch me on a bad day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You got a whole whole episode about that.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Are they like that with their dad too?
2: No. It's a different different dynamic.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's the way it was with my mom and dad. It was completely different with my mom than with my dad back then. It's funny how so much can change. Like when I think back to those moments, it feels like a different life. Absolutely. To what it is now.
2: Absolutely. I drove into Toledo and I was like, this is really bizarre. Like coming back... I don't recognize anything. I recognized, I was like, I know that Toledo Hospital is Wait, there. H- how but long has it been? Since I lived here? Yeah. Um, uh, 2007?
1: Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. And you haven't been back since?
2: I've been back a couple times. But yeah. um, that's, that was the last time I lived here. So it's changed a lot. Yeah. But even like I'm like driving, I'm like, okay, those roads seem familiar, but I feel like I'm such a different person. Yeah. That being in the same place as a different person <laughs> is really trippy.
1: I I felt like that. So I was raised in a when I moved there it was at a trailer park enclosed. And, and every now and then I'll drive through the trailer park. Yeah. As soon as I make the right turn into the trailer park, I feel so weird. Yeah. I think that's how you felt. Like I I recognize all of this stuff it's changed but now i'm a different person strolling through this trailer park and uh, you know a lot of traumatizing stuff happened in that trailer park bad good met my best friend at that trailer park all of these emotions yeah but it's only in that little spot of toledo as soon as it's like a portal as soon as i <laughs> as soon like as, as i portal. go in there it's like a i'm on a time capsule yeah just reliving all of these memories good and bad and as soon as i drive out i'm back to normal is that how you feel in a way like driving through toledo yeah
3: i've been
2: feeling like, that a lot lately um So this past school year, my family spent the year on the road and we traveled all around the country and we went to 33 different states and it was an awesome experience. I would live that way every day of my life because, um, actually my most recent podcast is about attachment and what that means. But, um, I would be a gypsy for sure. Yeah. I probably have been a gypsy. So I, um... I'm having this experience now where we're living where we used to live. We moved back into our house in Texas and I'm in places, but I forget where I am. Like I'm like, okay, I'm in this comic book shop. Uh, what state am I in? Like, where am I? Like I forget where I am and it's yeah. super trippy. And I think an older version of me would have had a panic attack about it. Cause it's kind of scary. But I'm just like feeling into it and being like, "Oh, this is kind of cool though." Like like
3: <laughs> oh. it's
2: kind of cool that I don't know where I am, but I but I am here. Okay, now I know where I am. Like it just takes a few moments. It's interesting. Like you
1: really forget where I you really are. I really don't moment. know where
2: I am. Like I'm like like it'd be like me sitting here and be like, "Wait. I've never been here before though." So, and I've Yes, it, yeah, it's literally like it's just a dialogue going on, on in my head where I'm like I don't know what state I'm in. I don't know. Am I in Texas? I'm, am I in Oregon? Am I really? in Florida? Like, am, and so, yeah, it's really, um, it's interesting. You guys
1: it's, travel a lot? I mean, I know you said you traveled to the different yeah. um, states, but before that, did you move a lot? Or?
2: We've moved, we moved, um, I met my husband in Chicago. We lived there for a few years. Two of my sons were born there. Yeah. And then we moved um, outside of Philadelphia. So we lived in uh, New Jersey. Um, oh, that's so cool. My last son was born there. And then after there, then we yeah. moved to Austin, Texas. And um, we've been there. And then Florida, right? So we were in Austin, Texas. And we were north of Austin. And then we moved to South Austin for a few years. Why do you move so much? Um, me. Probably because of me. <laughs> <laughs> no, we moved. Um, The major moves were because of my husband's jobs. Okay. And then... Uh, we moved from one side of Austin to the other side because of me and because I found a private school that I wanted my kids to go to. And we tried that out for a few years. Yeah. And uh, then after we left South Austin, we moved and traveled the country for a year. And during that time, we lived in Florida for the last six months. We lived in Florida. That's so cool. That's when I met you is when I was living in Florida. Yeah. For the first time. And then we moved back to North Austin to our original house where you are now. That's where we're now.
1: That's a lot of traveling. I've only ever seen Chicago, Detroit, and Miami. Those are great. Chicago
2: and Miami
1: are. Oh, I love Chicago. Miami was a weird experience. It's a lifestyle that is it's, it's if I lived in Miami, I would be very self-destructive. <laughs> the whole lifestyle that comes with Miami and who I thought I was over there, it, it was it's not good, but I loved it. That's I love if I was single with no kids, no no Alex, I would isn't that called sin city over there in miami Maybe. Isn't it's another nickname i'm pretty sure that's what it is no it's a dangerous lifestyle because it's a lot of fun. i mean i didn't do drugs or anything like that or not it's big, or vegas but might be since sin i think it's i think it's vegas i don't know but yeah M- miami's not for me it is for me but it shouldn't be it's just <laughs> so much it, it was so much fun just everything about it we went to uh i think it's called little cuba yeah just nothing but cubans because alex is, is, is Cuban, so we were yeah. walking through there and that lifestyle looked so cool if i just lived in that little community and then having the beach next door um, but then there was all of the expensive cars all of the teslas lamborghinis ferraris where i felt like i could i could take over the city That's <laughs> i felt like that's you know made me yeah. feel so cool but then I like i said like it's, it's like a party city too it's like well i can't mm-hmm. i can't be in a city like that with my type of personality so i've been telling alex i want to move somewhere like alabama or somewhere do you should come do you should come
2: to texas Oh, you going to alabama
1: no i'm telling her i want to move somewhere <laughs> like alabama I, don't huh. know, I was thinking of different states mississippi i don't know somewhere <laughs> south
2: no i'm telling you but move to texas why wouldn't you move to texas i hear the hesitation
1: my family oh my yeah. mom her parents yeah I want like it's it's so I mean Alabama all these places are just ideas they're far too I've even thought about moving to Kalamazoo even though it's a couple hours away I feel like that's way too far to take Kalaya away from my parents yeah you know yeah 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 if they're listening to this I you know no guilt on you (laughs) you know it's on me but (laughs) uh, it's just just the way that I feel like I couldn't do that to them you know
2: yeah absolutely
1: Austin Uh, Tech you're in Austin Austin that's where I want to go because have you heard of Joe Rogan yeah so, Joe Rogan's opening up uh, a comedy um, store down there. It's going to be one of the biggest comedy clubs to exist. And, I, I like, the comedy scene out there seems amazing. And yeah. I would just love to live around Austin is a culture amazing. like that. Austin
2: amazing. It's a really, yeah. um, it's, it's amazing. We're going to ACL next weekend. I don't know if you know about ACL.
1: I don't. It's so Austin
2: city limits. It's a big music festival. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, we've gone every year. Um, Matthew Conaway is usually there, and we went to see Willie Nelson. Anyway, um, yeah. we're going to see Red Hot Chili Peppers. That's cool. Um, that. Yeah, so we we love Austin. Like it's it has such a vibe. There's tons of traffic because everyone wants to be there. Yeah. Um, but.
1: I mean, yeah, a lot of people moved there during COVID. Yep. It tons was like of a. People from LA a lot of people yeah just yeah <laughs> a, a lot, lot of Californians so florida and uh texas is what i saw yeah. people we were moving to
2: yep so yeah texas is great you should definitely come visit whenever joe opens his uh
1: you'll go with me for sure really
2: <laughs> i'll go i'll go down to 6th street with you which is like what the, is big, that? the big party street really yeah it's it's crazy so austin's it, a big drinking scene
1: Is, is it a big huge. city too
2: um, it's not that big of a city. No, I
1: like that you're uh, not drinking and I keep telling you I don't, I don't drink but you're like I'll take you to 6th Street it's a big drinking uh, I don't <laughs> drink but
2: I still want to be not around kidding. people yeah. <laughs> and it's fun. Yeah. Like that's the thing right for a while when I got sober I was like I can't go out and when I went out, people would make me feel weird about not drinking. They'd be like, why are you drinking out of that cup? Yeah, like, make
1: me feel the same way too. Oh my
2: God. I'm like, mind your business. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like I'm trying to do something here. Yeah. Um, it was weird for a while. But then it got to the point where I was like comfortable. And now I just make fun of people when they're awkward about me not drinking. Yeah. I'm just like, dude, it's been five years, not five minutes. Right. Like I'm okay. I promise. I'm not going to <laughs> yeah. relapse here in front of your face because people get so weird. When you tell them you don't drink.
1: Yeah. First, they think you're lying. Well, for me, they're like, you're lying. Because I was falling to the, well, I used to fall into the pressure of like, fine, I'll have a drink. Yeah. Then the one drink turns into two then it becomes a nightmare for everybody around me. But now, yeah, now it's just whatever. I mean, I'll have a drink. I'm not saying I don't don't drink, but it's. It's just annoying when I do tell people, or when I tell them that I don't want to drink, and they keep pressuring me into Yeah, it, I know. It's like, the, it's like it stop, you, dude. I know <laughs>
2: you feel bad about yourself. Yeah. The amount of that you're drinking. Yeah. <laughs> stop trying to pressure me. And that's yeah. really what it is. And
1: then being around, so I went to my cousin's birthday. He had a birthday party downtown. Well, the downtown's changed a lot now. Okay. It's, like, it's really fun now, I guess. I don't really go down there's my first <laughs> time, and I don't know how long, but I only had one drink. It was a Crown, Crown Vanilla with coke it was disgusting (laughs) but i didn't know what to choose i don't know what to drink that's a vanilla i thought of like a uh, like a root beer float but yeah what anyways i that's the only drink that i had and then we went to this other bar that was packed and then so that drink that i had sucked i wasn't buzzed or anything of it i didn't want to drink anymore and just being around all of these drunk people was it was annoying you know But it was so funny to me, just just seeing like a, the different perspective. If I would have been drunk, that bar would have been the most fun of have yes. had in a while. Yeah. But being sober, then looking at all of these drunk people, yeah, just how they bump into each other and push each other, <laughs> and you got the guys that want to look tough over here, super <laughs> drunk, and the girls. It was it was just weird and
2: yeah, I'm sure that's weird and annoying. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I haven't gone to a club. I'm I'm turning forty this month.
1: Are you? Yeah. Twenty twenty. Oh, I just turned twenty seven. 27 27 yeah one can i can i ask you something sure remember when i was I was texting you a while ago about because I, I dropped out of college again yep like this is the third time just because uh, so i told you about my dad i'll be saying that he you know portraying himself as being the best at everything that he can possibly do and i took that personality from him and applied it to everything i do so whether it's managing the restaurant i used to manage or well, it's kind of started there. I'll be the best at this or, or anything else. I always figured I could always be a manager, right? Because I like the title of being the boss. Yeah. Or, or, and then just portraying that. And then after I left El Camino and I started managing other places, I realized that I hate managing, but I kept forcing myself to be a manager because that's all I knew. Or, or at that moment, I felt like that's all I knew what to do. So then I went to school to be a manager to get my diploma in um, scientific science uh business science i can't even remember the title but yeah. it was business science which would allow me to manage more than just restaurants but then while i was going to college for that I rea- that's when i started to realize that well, why am i forcing myself to manage i don't like managing it's it, i guess it comes natural to me just because of who my dad is and you know my tia Mari being a ceo yeah my whole family mom you know everybody you know owns businesses one way or another they're a boss one way or another so i thought that's what i know what to do but yeah. now i'm you know realizing that that's not what i want and i feel really lost because not like uh even though i'm 27 i feel like i'm running out of time to pick a career or choose something to do in life but i also really enjoy working at griffin place because working from home i can be with Kalila, and then it also allows me to be creative like with the podcast i can edit it i can uh uh, i like graphic designing like designing stuff so i've been doing that but it's just like how How did you choose the career that you wanted and, like, said, this is what I want? Because I'm just so lost with what I'm doing.
2: So I think where you are is perfect. Even at 27? Absolutely at 27. I'm at 40, and I'm contemplating changing what I'm doing. I've been the most lost. Like, getting through school was great. But um, I was completely lost still, right? Yeah. Some reason I had this motivation to get to, get through school. And I was like, I got to do my master's degree or I'm never going to go back. Yeah. And so um, I did school social work for like a minute. And then I started having kids and I didn't work for a long time. And then when I went back to work, I started working in a school because it was convenient for my kids. And I was a um, high school college counselor. Right. And um, And then... Then I did nothing uh, this past year. I I I also did a lot of property management and, um, yeah. But did you choose shit.
1: those things because you wanted to, or like no, was it like a financial convenience. thing, or con- yeah, oh, it was out convenience. of
2: convenience? And now now I'm working. I was going to. I got a job at a university because I was like, I think I'm going to work in a university next.
1: <laughs> I think that's the last thing you told me that you were. Yeah. Here.
2: And so I got the job working yeah. at um, Lamar University, but then we decided not to move. We decided not to sell our house and not move to the Houston area to stay in Austin. And so then I was like, fuck, I got to get another job. Yeah. So I guess I'll just work it here. And when I decide I'm going to work somewhere, then I just get it. It's always like things happen for me.
3: Yeah. Whenever yeah. I
2: decide that this is what should happen next, it happens. Uh, so I got a job um, doing this, what I'm doing now, working with special ed students. And I love it. It's great. Um, so I'm kind of still lost and I, and so I'm like, well, I need to make more money. Should I be, I'm still in the same spot, right? I'm 40. Yeah. I'm like, should I do, I guess I can get my social work license. I just have to take a test and I'll do therapy on the evenings and weekends. And, um, or maybe I'll get my teacher's certificate cause that only takes a year, less than a year. And then I can teach the special ed students. So I'm literally the same place. But it's it's um, because things happen when I decide they should happen. Yeah, I don't know if I'm just doing it out of convenience or if it's what I really want. I don't really know what I want. That's that's also a part of being who I am. Is like I don't know what I like.
1: Yeah, a lot that's of time how I feel. I have other friends that chose one path. They've stuck to that path, whether they're happy or not, I don't know. But they're doing just that one thing, and I I've done so many things. I've managed like a lot of different. Um, companies that I didn't enjoy any of them I I mean the job that I enjoy the most is working at the movie theater as so a bartender and <laughs> but th- then I started th- thinking like I could go and manage anything and, and, and make good money yeah but I don't want that like um how, like how I don't know how to find the, my thing I just want to create stuff in a way. yeah you
2: know. me too that's all I want to do is just create stuff and then just have money show up in my bank yeah. account. Well, I just want to be creative all day.
1: That's what I love about <laughs> the podcast. Because <laughs> when we first did it, it allowed me to be creative all day. Because I'm the one that edits our episodes. So then um, how I have the intro, I talked to this guy. I wanted to make this. And when he gave me the intro, it's like, all right, now I'm putting together this this thing that's been in my head. I'm finally creating. It feels good. And then I had the outro done. And then we, I'm always tweaking with like different ways to edit it. Like, Taking a portion of the conversation, putting it at the beginning, then the intro plays, and then the podcast starts. Yeah, it, it, and it's so much fun. It, and then now I've been, I opened up like a m- merchandise store, nice to, where I sell clothes, like coffee cups, or like and uh, you know what N- NFTs are. Mm-hmm. So there's like this NFT project that I'm on that I that I really like. So then I you know I designed a, a logo for it, then I put it into the, then I've been selling that. Then I started thinking like, oh, could we go to school for graphic design and and then do this for a career, but then I, there's always a fear of failing too. Yeah. I don't want to fail.
2: Yeah, me either. I've I've dealt with that for a long time.
1: Yeah, and I don't know how to overcome that. Because what I do, what I, whatever I do, I want it to be like perfect. Yeah, so I you got to get rid of that.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's I mean, what you yeah. got to get rid of. You got to get rid of the perfectionism in order to not be afraid of failure, and then you can do whatever you want.
1: Yeah, and that's the fear of school for me too. Like, well, uh, I graduate, I do all this, and what if I don't get a job? Right, and it's like oh, like, you'll
2: get a job for sure. You'll get a job. Yeah, I'm just questioning whether or not you need school.
1: I've always felt like uh, no, but I just want to make like my parents happy and proud. That's always so in my head too. While
2: you're talking, my mind is open, and so I always am like, oh, this popped in, this popped in, this popped in. So it feels like you could be doing podcast editing for say like me, someone who wants to put content out but doesn't want to edit doesn't want to do the work like i could pay you to be a contractor to edit my stuff you could be an independent contractor for people who want that work done
1: i've seen that uh you know the app fiverr no never heard of that i've seen people like sell what they're good at on that app so that's where i hired the people for to make the music for the podcast okay you can search up whatever that you're looking for design or whatever and I, I've thought about doing stuff, but I don't. I feel like I'm not good enough. Like if you ask me to like edit your podcast, like I'll be honored. But like me is like I don't.
2: You just gotta tell me your rate.
1: Wait, wait. <laughs>
2: <laughs> your rate per hour, like seventy five dollars an hour.
1: That's so much money. But like then like I said, <laughs> I just feel like I'm not good enough to do it for other people. Of course
2: you're good enough. Just say I'm good enough, and then leave it. Stop messing with it. Just leave it. I'm good enough to do whatever the hell I want to do and then do it.
1: Well, I feel that way about the things that I'm doing for myself in a way. But then I get scared to do it for other people. Does that
2: make sense? Yeah. Just don't be scared. It's easy. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know it's really hard. (laughs) I know it's really hard. Like I want to
1: figure it out. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, but I could always edit your podcast, but I'll do it for free. No, absolutely I, I would not. I will free. pay you.
2: And then you can say, I'm already getting paid as a contractor to edit a podcast. <laughs> that's what happens when you actually get paid to do something, is that you can then put it on your resume. Really? Yes. That's what happens. And then you just slowly get other people and you build up your business that way.
3: Yeah. I, yeah. I mean,
2: and you find ways of doing the things that you love to do, that are fun for you to do, and you just keep doing them.
1: Yeah, I, that's kind of what I've been like. Besides the merchandise store that I that I have going on, like with NFTs, everybody just wants to show off their NFT, right? They, if you own like a picture that's worth hundreds of dollars, you just want people to see it, even if, it's the, if even if it's the dumbest thing. Yeah. So I've been creating these posters. Like kind of like the size of that Andrew Schultz on the top. I'll have like the NFT picture, and then on the bottom, like the description, like the properties. What makes this NFT what it is? Yeah. And people loved it at, at first, but I was too scared to charge for it. And then I started charging for it, and then it's I guess kind of like you're saying with the podcast. Now I'm actually charging. I just charge like ten dollars a picture. Yeah. But it's something that I. It, it may sound silly to others, but it's so much fun for me to do. That's great. I'm making money from that. But then I think like is, can that turn into like something I can turn to live off. Off in the future? Absolutely. I don't know. It's like I'm too scared to like fully commit.
2: No. You don't have to fully commit right now. You can do both, right? You've got a job. Yeah, that's a lot that you're doing. But if you have the time and energy, you just slowly do that and then maybe you drop off one or the other once one picks up. I, I wouldn't fully commit to anything. Also, letting go of the idea that you need a college degree. I know, me being someone with a college degree, it's easy for me to say to let it go. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I was a high school college counselor and the thing that I talked to my students about was, what's your passion? That was the number one question for where they should go to college or if they should even go to college. And the ones who decided to go to community college, I was like, awesome. That is so great. I'm so happy for you. Because if you are deciding what to do based on someone else's expectations, whether that be your parents or society, you're always going to end up feeling pretty empty at the end, right? Right. If you're doing something for someone else.
1: You won't be happy. Yeah, you won't be happy. That's what a lot of the comedians that I listen to say where, like Andrew Schultz, the guy that I have right there, uh, when he talks about his life, it's his parents allowed him to be who he wanted to be and fully um accepted what he said he wanted to be a comedian oh no no he, one time he had a story about it. he said he wanted to uh open up a bar so his parents were like okay well we'll remortgage your house we'll get the funds going for your bar and we'll you know we'll support support that and you know he was so surprised that his parents would go to that extent and i think about that with Kalila and and myself too it's like um i want to fully support like you said with those kids Show them that they can do something for themselves, not have Kalila do something that she thinks would make me happy. Yeah. But what would make her happy? Yep. Right.
2: Exactly. So if you're just constantly putting it back on her, like, oh, what do you want to do? As many times as you can throughout the day, give her choice. Yeah. Give her opportunity to decide what she likes, what she prefers, and then just supporting her on the way. Right. And so then that's my advice to you is to work towards what you're passionate about. And that's going to change because you're kind of chaotic and you like different things. <laughs> yeah. And that's okay because that's who you are. And if it's NFTs now, great. If you can make some money off it, awesome.
1: Well, that's the other thing that I don't know how to control things. Like with crypto, in two thousand one, uh, 2021, there was the, the crypto bull run, yeah. right? Yep. Anybody that understood the simplest thing about crypto could make money. Yeah. I made uh, a lot of money, like six figures worth of money. Nice. I was able to quit, and then it was nice at the moment, but then I get so obsessed with the things that I'm doing, and when things are going good in my life, I get scared because I'm not used to yeah, yeah, yeah. the comfort yeah. that I took everything that I made, reinvested it, and lost everything Oh. just because I had no idea. I, I mean, I had the money. Everything was good. My life was looking perfect. I could you know kind of relax and step back and look yeah. at life differently like when you when you have a lot of money which i experienced at a very small moment of my life yeah i realized oh, i can focus on other things which was really cool but then when I, uh, I lost it all just because i I was just scared of being comfortable um it sounds weird it's like a
2: fear yeah i fear is it's tricky yeah, because i had no idea what it, before that i didn't know what having
1: money was i have it yeah and it's a. Uh, It's like, I don't know what to do with all this money. Mm -hmm. I I had no idea how to handle it, you know, lost every penny. So, but then I had that fear also in my head is like, well, if I ever do get successful again with something else, am I going to know how to handle it? It, You know, did this teach me a lesson? Because, you know, I don't know. Right now I'm making money with NFTs, but I'm still losing. It's like, I don't learn my lesson, you know, with other things in life, too. It's like, I don't seem to learn. Sure. I understand the lesson. Yeah. But I don't stick to the lesson i learned
2: yeah that's the thing about lessons is they're gonna keep coming back to you until you actually learn it yeah and when that happens is only up to you right right so the lessons will keep coming back again and again until it really sinks in
1: that's why i said earlier that i feel like my brother is just getting tired of watching over me (laughs) because he all of these lessons keep you know i change little by little and i am a different person but then I'll do something that I did before that had a negative outcome, but then I still keep repeating these things that, you know, it's like, why I, I'm conscious of it. Why can't I just slow down and just stop, you know? Yeah.
2: So those are really good questions for you. And I think if you, if you pay close attention, not just to what you did, but maybe how fear played into it, right? um
1: like s- kind of self-destructive in a way when things are going okay good. yeah yeah it
2: yeah, sounds like my husband same way <laughs> <laughs> we started yeah. we started a business in um he started a business right before covid um my husband is super genius really smart yeah and um decided just happened to get in gaming and does casino gaming right and so he um is really good at it because he's good at everything and before that he worked in the stock market and uh he kind of was self-destructive in that business and then he was playing poker professionally for a while oh, Wow! and because he's really smart yeah. and really good at it and and then he decided he was going to move to chicago and um got a job as a mathematician for casino gaming and did really good at that and wow. um so good but also he kind of is self-destructive and would always get into it with you know the, the presidents because he he eventually was like vp and so yeah then he never liked having a boss yeah so then um he started his own game studio And yeah. so we recently just had to lay everyone off And uh, he's going to Vegas on Monday to sign a new contract with a different company, but he kind of is always like relearning those lessons. It's always coming back. Yeah,
1: I can relate to that. Always
2: coming back, right? And, you know, when we moved to Austin, Texas, he was making six figures a year, Um, like well beyond anything we had ever had. Yeah. And we have this giant house and eight acres and
1: there's been a show-off now.
2: And now we have zero. <laughs> now we have zero. Yeah. Now we are negative. Now, like I, I told um, I sent my sisters. I was like, hey, you guys should come stay in Austin. I'm um, Airbnb being my house. Why am I Airbnb being my house? Because I don't have any money. Yeah. And I need to make money. Um, because my husband, in order to make his business succeed, hasn't paid himself. In 18 months, he has made zero money. And so, like, anyway, I, and they were like, What? That's your house? We can't believe it. And I was like, No, no, no. I'm still poor. I promise. I like, (laughs) I I gotta, like, Airbnb so that I can, anyway.
0: Yeah. But
2: it's just, it's this lesson keeps coming back.
1: That's a thousand percent what I, what I, what I go through constantly. Like, whatever I focus on, I do really good at it. And then it's like, Well, no it's going to a good stop and then restart somewhere else like those pops that i have there and i have a lot of them it's because i used to sell them and i would make good money out of it and then it's it's the same story it's like well i don't i don't know i don't know what it is
2: you just move on from things
1: Uh, maybe that's what it is i just obsess over it i want i can turn it into something then eventually i'm like well not yeah i'll move on to the next thing
2: that's a symptom of autism (laughs) <laughs> is it
1: really
3: <laughs> the main one <laughs> well no it's just like
2: obsessing about yeah. something really deeply yeah until you move on to the next thing but you know yeah. I'm
3: just joking. <laughs> maybe i do it
2: <laughs> but yeah yeah i mean it it's what it's what my husband does it's what my son does um i'm more of a floater i just kind of like pop on the surface of everything i don't yeah. i don't go deep into anything uh just it's just not it's not me I but I really admire you guys who do. I got a well, good idea for you that, that maybe you want to work on. Maybe we talk about it off air. I don't want anyone to steal it.
3: Okay. <laughs> oh, well,
2: it's for an app. Anyway.
1: Yeah. Oh, That was a two hour podcast.
2: Is it two hours? Jeez. I have to break it up.
1: I got to leave at 430. That was Ooh. two. I didn't feel like two hours. I thought we were hitting like the one and ten <laughs> minute hour mark. That was so much we fun.
2: It was so much fun. Wow.
1: That's going to be a good episode. It's going to take forever to edit. But I'll have it posted and I'll send it to you if you want to post it on yours.
2: Yeah, that'd be great.
1: Nice. No, but
2: This was so fun. I'm so glad we did it. No, me too. It was yeah. it was
1: really fun. All right. But alright, um, so this is Jackie, my new Thea. <laughs> and thank you for listening, guys. I'll see you guys next week. You wanna say yeah. bye?
0: Yeah, thanks so much. It was, it was a blast. Bye. First, first class, double class, class. coach. Nah. Get ready to talk your shit. Ready to talk. Okay, first things first, I'm getting high tonight First class on this fight, some yes, I'll start a fight On sight, on the mic, ice in my veins, never slipping in a slight If I slide, right price, have to put them in some rice Sunrise to sunset, please don't antagonize Have to slap you, talking greasy, especially this by my wife Hold up Como esta todo, when we start running the summer, hit the ground with this promo. In the club, moving slow-mo, but I run each trash like Flojo. Studios, my dojo, though I can't post for no photos. Rafael, Sergio, I need those three amigos. Take off like torpedoes, hot is coming out Toledo. Glass City, never throw the stone and hide your hands. You might just get a mention on the program, get with the program. Don't slide in the DM when you see them on the homepage, now you wanna be them. First class, never coach. Itty-es, pod First class, never coach. Get ready to tuck your sh- ready to tuck your sh-. First class, never coach. Itty-es, pod First class, never coach. Get ready to tuck your sh- ready to tuck your sh-